Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur by experienced managed service providers. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. Uh, we are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of Greenlink Networks, which is a voice over IP uh, channel only uh, based out of Dallas as well. Business started in 2004. Combined, we're about 30 employees. You know, the reason I, I wanted to do this podcast was because visiting a lot of these events, I, I realized that a lot of the MSPs that were starting up were struggling with some of the same things that I struggled when we started our business. Meeting Craig and Joe, we shared the same passion and a lot of the same issues that, that we experienced. So wanting to take that pain away from some of the new guys, they decided to go with this podcast. My name is Craig Hickman. I'm with ProBlue in Bloomington, Indiana. ProBlue is a managed service provider. We started in 2005. I started with, I think, a total of three employees, and now we've grown to 11. We're a small shop. We're located in South Central Indiana, servicing a little over 200 customers. This is a great opportunity for me to talk to other peers and learn what they have done and what they have not done well and avoid all those caveats. This is a learning experience for us and also hopefully helping others along the way. My name is Joe Ucia. I'm the CEO for Infinite IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're currently about a dozen employees. We're an MSP. We were originally founded in 1999. I truly believe in this podcast because I wish somebody was there to help me and, and teach me a lot of the mistakes that they made and share with me their mind share on, on how to overcome issues. So I was lucky enough to meet Craig and Myron a few years ago and many years in the working and here we are. So we hope that you really get a lot out of this podcast and learn the things that I wish somebody would have told me. Follow, like, and subscribe at IT4Whiskey.com. Now here's your hosts, Myron, Joe, and Craig. Hi, and welcome to the next episode of IT for Whiskey. My name is Joe Ucia, and I'm joined today by my friends Myron and Craig. What's up, guys? Hey, what's up? Myron, why don't you tell us what today's topic is? We're going to talk about sales and marketing and how to get new customers. As we all know, that's a that's a struggle in the industry. Uh, at least I know it was for us, or it's been for us, how to deal with the marketing and the sales part. Uh, for the most part, we MSPs, uh, we're not those sales and marketing people. But Joe, you are... I got to say that we've worked really hard on our marketing strategies over the years. And, um, you know, some work, some don't, some have, you know, fruits and some really were flops. So I'm hoping that today we can talk about some of the the things that we learned over the years and what worked for us and um, things to avoid. How about yourself, Craig? What do you guys do? Marketing wise, locally, most of the marketing obviously is just um, word of mouth and all the events that I attend. But then on the larger scale, we do obviously the uh, social media and then the uh, occasional email blast that might be sent out for specific reasons. And then we have, we actually have a trade with a local radio station. And so we have a lot of radio ads that we play on the radio. That's not Kevin's radio station, is it? That is correct. Oh, very nice. So I mean, marketing wise, between the two, um, radio, social, and then, well, three actually, and then going out to the events and meeting, greeting people, it works pretty well. We have a pretty good establishment of leads and referrals that are constantly coming in uh, from all over the place. Most of it's all regional. We don't have a lot of national accounts. For us on the MSP, uh, for Cinetech, we, we've mostly referrals at this point, uh, since we're not really actively 
uh, growing the business as much. We're, we're focused more on the GreenLink side. We have a newsletter. We've done we've done some email marketing. We've done you know um, some regular mail marketing. We've done appointment settings. That actually is for us has worked. It's expensive, but it's worked out. If there's anything I could probably give in, in terms of uh, experience has been with with appointment setting. You know, we tried uh, working with an appointment setting firm a few years back, actually a firm out of Texas, and ended up being a total flop for us. Turns out that the firm was actually a scam. So be careful. Is it from Houston? I, I don't remember where where they were from, but I think I know who you're talking about. But regardless, we've tried different services over the years and different aspects and different companies that we've partnered with. And I will say that the least effective for us has been using telemarketing firms, believe it or not. Appointment setting is different in the sense I, I believe it should work, but from a telesales side of things, straight telemarketing uh, unless you got transactional sales to do managed services provider sales, the, that type of business, you really need a, a more higher touch approach. Another thing that we've tried over the years is we have tried doing uh, conferences. And for us as an MSP, it was a failure. It was not worth it. We went to a very large manufacturer conference last year and we had a booth set up and spent like 20 grand on this thing. And I will tell you firsthand, we got zero business out of it 14 months later. And it's not for a lack of trying. The problem was it was some really large, large organizations that were tied up in contracts like banks and government agencies and whatnot. And everything they do is RFP and they don't outsource to MSPs of our size. So it was a total waste of money. Yeah. The one thing that I find interesting is that I have Microsoft and Cisco that give us leads and not a single one of them has ever panned out. <laughs> it is the most biggest waste of time I have ever seen. Well, I will say, actually, we've had a different experience with that. 99% of them are garbage, but I will say that we have found a couple of diamonds in the rough. Our fourth largest customer came through as a Cisco lead. You got to work them. That's the only thing. And, and you're right though. The majority of them are crap. Well, the Cisco ones typically are, I'm looking for these two switches. I'm like, hey, okay. It's like, and like, we like to buy them from you. And Cisco says, buy from this person here. And they contact us. And I said, well, why don't you buy them from CDW or someplace? Why do you want to buy them through us? It's like, well, we want to buy them on a PO. And I'm like, not interested. Yeah. Because half the time you're like, is it a scam? Or they, why why can't you just buy, you don't have credit. You can't buy it for credit card or write a check. I'm not giving you a PO. No, and CDW with the right credit will give you a PO. Correct. Or, or any other, you know, major, you know, uh, vendor. But the Microsoft ones are, People who want I want one Office 365 account. Why don't you just go online and buy it through the website? Why are you going through a reseller? Sorry, I don't want to rant about that. No, it's true. What bothers me the most is that Microsoft threatens us if we don't follow up with the leads they give us. Yeah, we find the same thing. And they're all waste. I have to spend the time with it. I have to show that I actually contacted them and followed through. And then why did you not get the sale? Simply because the customer doesn't have the money, the budget. They don't have $60. Anyway, all right, moving on. You know, the funny thing is uh, I've never received a lead from any of my vendors, which is pretty sad. <laughs> the best ones have been from Malwarebytes, Synology, and I think uh, we, get, we get some from StorageCraft. That's, yeah, that is interesting, especially with how much business we do with StorageCraft. StorageCraft. <laughs> 
You know, I will say that there's some I, I know of without naming who they are, but I know there are some organizations in our industry that are very focused and specialize in some very specific vendors. Uh, and I know of one that the, the, the CEO is a really popular celebrity and um, they focus on these niche vendors. They're tier two a lot of times that no one's ever heard of. The result of that is they funnel all their leads through you. And there was at one point in time we had partnered with a company called Coyote Point and they, they've been acquired and gone now. But when uh, at the time, Coyote Point was very small in Canada, there was no presence, et cetera, et cetera. And we really did well with their leads. There were usually medium to lukewarm type leads. And I was batting 80% close rates because they had no other partners. So Sometimes picking those niche partners to get those leads is a, a wiser way to go kind of thing, but not always. No, I, you know, um, looking at it from the Greenlink side, you know, one of the things with Greenlink is that we don't sell direct, we sell through our partners and we pass any lead that comes to us directly to the closest geographical partner to that customer or potential customer. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, it's... It's tough because sometimes we're passing these leads to the partner and, and you know that partner is not really engaged or isn't really working hard to close the lead. And it's like, dude, or, you know, whoever, I'm giving you gold, you know, make it work, you know, and um, sometimes we, we don't get the, the lead just dies and, and it could be the partner. It could be the, the, the lead itself. Um, but I wish, I wish I would see more turnaround on those, on those leads. And I'm, I'm going to assume that's probably the feeling across a lot of vendors. They're going to pass the leads to those that they know are going to close them versus those that don't do any. So you're saying Microsoft keeps sending me these leads because I always act upon them. Probably. <laughs> Even though none of them ever sell. It doesn't matter. Actually, you're right. It's because you act on it. They measure that. Yeah. And in, in my case, I don't, I like, I don't, Again, because I'm not focused uh, as much on the MSP side anymore, I'm not like going out to a Microsoft event and I'm not reaching out to my Microsoft rep or anything like that, but I'm not pushing him to get or pushing her to get me leads. If I did and I started closing those leads, I'm sure I would be getting a lot more leads uh, from them. So you got to work hard at the first few that you, you, you get, because those are them giving you an opportunity to see if you actually could produce. And then if you do, then you're golden and you're going to start getting bigger and bigger leads. I, I, you know, and I do agree that it's important to work those leads. I absolutely agree that they sometimes test the waters for with you to see if you're you know going to react and help them close business. And let's face it, they're salespeople as well. So they're going to work with people to help them close business to retire their quotas. However, when when you really look at our demographic of managed services providers, the majority of us are not really hardware focused, we're services focused. So the question that I get that are posed to me by my reps a lot is, well, this is a hardware lead. What do we do with it to convert it into a services lead? And that's where the real challenge lies with those um, with those with those leads that come through from the manufacturers, because they, they want you to close Cisco or Microsoft or whatever the vendor is of the day, Dell, etc. They want you to close their brand of products. So a good example of what happened to us recently in the last month is I got a, uh, a lead from Lenovo for some laptops. And normally I would have just disregarded, but the guy called me personally and said, look, I really want you to take this uh, this this opportunity, run with it. The guy's going to buy a dozen notebooks or t- maybe two on the high side in the next month. I know, you know, he's going to buy them for sure. They're at the life cycle point. I'm thinking to myself, great. You no, know, 
three-point business. Uh, but what I did do is I met with the guy in person and I gave him a very high-touch kind of experience. And it has resulted in, yeah, we closed the notebooks, don't get me wrong. And thankfully, you know, with the promos that were on this week because of the time of year, we were lucky that I, I was able to actually make 15 points on these things because it just so happened that the, the right skews went on Pro Bowl. Can't count on that. That's a fl- fluke. Fine. What has happened, though, is I've been spending time with the guy and I, you know, finding out that they have three clinics and that each one of these clinics has 25 employees. So now they're a little bit of a larger customer and they're dealing with one little outsourced guy that works out of his basement kind of thing. And he, he's a printer guy and lets them down often with their their PC stuff and their network and, and whatnot. So the opportunity, I converted it because I went deep and wide in the account from a few notebooks. We're now talking our managed services. We're talking about doing our, our wide area networking, our security services, because you know with the medical industry or healthcare in general, they have a lot of compliance requirements. So now we're having all these conversations and three, four short weeks later, yeah, it's great. I've sold them 20, 30 grand in hardware, but the opportunity now is about 4K a month in reoccurring. And, and you're the trusted advisor at this point, like, you know, they've done business with you and stuff like that. That's actually something that we 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 talk about on our partner training on the Greenlink side. And some of our partners actually do that is that in our case, they lead with the VoIP, uh, whether we give them a lead or they just happen to get the lead. They lead with VoIP because it's easier to close. Now that they've had that relationship, now they start, you know, tackling in and talking about MSP and all the other services that they can provide because it's easier to close that versus closing a managed service account, which is kind of the same thing you're saying with the hardware, where sometimes you feel like, well, I can sell the hardware, but how do I turn that into an MSP account. And that's the hard part. It is a challenge for sure. So some of the other things that I know uh, we've talked about internally, and uh, even just today, we're discussing about it for our own IT for Whiskey podcast here is social media. And what can you really expect out of social media? And I will say firsthand, we have been doing working, existing, publishing, you know, uh, reacting and commenting on social media for the better part of a decade. And I will say out of all these years and all of that effort, I have converted one opportunity. When I say we're active, we do three to five posts a day via different social media sites, minimum three to five per site, by the way. And we've done a lot of marketing automation around this. You know, you go to the manufacturers, they've got social media syndication services and whatnot. And a lot of people do comment saying, you know what? I see your brand. We see Infinite IT all the time on social media and you guys are always posting something. Now, has that resulted in direct business? Again, we've converted one small customer over a decade. What it has done, however, is it has established us as an authority. People see us and say, hey, these guys clearly know what they're talking about. They keep talking about all these relevant topics. And I'm very selective on the things that I approve. I want to manually approve all the posts that get pushed. I don't create the content, but I do approve the posts. And I don't let the automation go wild that way. Anyways, my point is it's given us authority. It's given us credibility. And when we talk to our existing customers about topics, they're like, yeah, you know, I actually did read that on your your social media post the other day. So that's where that works. It definitely helps. And it, and it creates that brand, right? So people, it's not like they're new to your name. You know, once they, they, they do get a call or they, they do meet with you They're They're like, Oh yeah, I've read something about you. I've heard of your company. Uh, so that brand does help. It does soften the, the, the lead versus going, you know, dry with no connection or no, no introduction. So that helps. Agree. You know, you can't expect 
doing social media posts. You cannot expect posting articles and 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 doing all those things are going to result in direct business. You don't think, oh, I'm going to do posts for a week and then my doors are going to be flooded with business. That's not going to happen. That's a that's a, a false reality. However, like you said, it does create brand awareness. It does create credo, which you need when you're talking to prospects. And the nice thing is a lot of times that when you're talking to a, a new prospect, when you go to talk to them and 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 is trying to position your company as an authority and that you you know who you what you're doing etc cetera, etc cetera, what happens is they will google you they will go online and look you up and then bam they see all this stuff for the last 10 years that you've posted and oh my god these guys must be legit because look how they're everywhere kind of thing so it works for us that way. It does take time, unfortunately. It's not going to be something that's going to be uh, immediate and overnight success. However, you got to do it and you got to start now. The sooner you start, the more credo you get in a quicker amount of time. That's what we found. But what would you say, Craig, is your most successful method of acquiring new customers? What works for you better than anything else? I open up a new bottle of whiskey. Wow. And I give it deep thoughts. Mm, by Jack Handy. <laughs> But what 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 are we drinking today, boys? Speaking about whiskey, we haven't even talked about whiskey once after 20 minutes. I recently went to a scotch uh, tasting and uh, I got to taste the uh, Glen for for dry for I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Glen for It's a uh, it's a 12 year. It's actually pretty good. I like it a lot. It's got some um, some sweetness to it. Well balanced and um, good price, too. It's spelled F-O-H-D-R-Y for dry. Glen for dry. The the one I got was in a in a red casing, twelve year, and it's uh, pretty good. So I recommend that if anybody wants to try a a, a good uh, old scotch. Other than that, I've been drinking a lot of my regular Elijah Craig. Guys, keep drinking my bourbon. I keep increasing the stock value. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say I've been doing that with Yellow Spot. I'm so in love with Yellow Spot. It's not funny. It's such a wonderful drink. But today, I decided to venture off into Middle Asia. I was in our liquor store the other day, and there's this new bottle that I never noticed before. I'm sorry, what was it called? It's called Royal Challenge. Now, get this. When I looked at the box, I was kind of impressed. I never heard of something like this before. Royal Challenge whiskey, it's actually from India. So if you want to try something from a different part of the world, here's a good opportunity. It's extremely inexpensive. I couldn't believe how low priced it was for for uh, for what it is. They started m- releasing product in the mid 80s and in India they're one of the most popular brands out there. So it's like one of their big brands in India. So for all of our friends that that come from India, I'm sure you've you've tried Royal Challenge before and I will say I'm actually really impressed. I just cracked the bottle today and I just had a few sips and it's actually pretty decent. Here's a here's a fun fact that I never knew when I started looking up this this whiskey. India is a country that consumes three times more whiskey than the US. Wow. How big is India compared to the US? It's 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 that's it, not the point. Per capita, they consume three times more whiskey than the U.S. This here, you know, it, it is it has become the most popular one of the most popular whiskeys in India, and so they've they've really f- refined the product. So I actually recommend trying it out, especially at the price point that it's at is ridiculously cheap. So what's interesting about this, if you read the stats on it, twenty percent of it is actually uh, blends of different scotches from Scotland. Then they take those scotches and they mix it with a malt that's made in India, and then. A lot of it is, you know, I do taste some hints of molasses in it, but very, very light. And a lot of um, there's some nice spiciness to it. But the one thing I expected 
to taste was a lot of grain, you know, like that grain alcohol type taste. And it I didn't taste that at all. So I was really impressed about that. Uh, it's got that, you know, like almost like a very, very faint rum spice type flavor to it. So I, I will say it's really decent. I can't say anything bad about it. Now, it's definitely not as good as some of the more expensive scotches that I enjoy. Like everyone knows I like the Caribbean cask and I love Yellow Spot. I love Elijah Craig. Those types of whiskeys are fantastic if you really want something that's high quality, but there's a price to that. This is about a third of the price of a Yellow Spot. So it's really inexpensive. And for what it is, I'm actually shocked and impressed. Say the name again so that everybody can hear it. Royal Challenge Whiskey. No, this is not a paid sponsorship <laughs> by any stretch. <laughs> but it is something that if you do have it in your liquor store, can get it. I'd add it to the collection. And again, it's not a high-end whiskey. You can tell when you drink it. It's not a high-end whiskey. But uh, at the price point, I would drink this over like the Johnny Walker series, hands down. There's no contest. So there's a Royal Challenge team, a sports team. But I can't find it. Can't find what the whiskey itself. The whiskey itself. Besides buttered chicken, um, the only thing that I like from India is probably Guinness Porter that's made in the West Indies. I don't know if any whiskeys coming out of India. I've not tried any. I'll have to give it a try. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, I saw it and thought, hey, why not bring something new to the show? You bought a lot of stuff that day because you sent me the picture of the cart, and the cart was full of liquor. <laughs> you went nuts. Busted. That was a $1,200 bill, yes. Ouch. <laughs> well, it was Canadian, so it, it was like 900 bucks. Yeah, 900 bucks. It was under 1000 Still? <laughs> it was up there, and I will say that I, I was in the mood to buy things I'd never had bought before. There were some of my staples, like my Caribbean cask. I, was, I ran out, so I did buy a bottle of that. I can never run out of that stuff. It's such a sacrilege for me, too. But uh, I, I, I bought, uh, bought a bunch of stuff, like I bought a couple bottles of Yellow Spot because I ran out of that as well. But aside from that, everything was new. Everything was new in that in that cart. Nice, nice. Craig, are you are you drinking or are you not drinking today? I am currently not drinking, boys. I apologize. Wah, wah, wah. Craig's actually not in his usual spot. That's why you probably can hear his mic is a little off. But um, he's a trooper. He joined us uh, from far, far away and uh, making the best out of it. I always try. And and for, you know, our regular listeners that are wondering what's wrong with Craig, it's because he's stone cold sober today. <laughs> I was I made a reference earlier that he's like Fun Bobby from Friends. <laughs> That's funny. When Fun Bobby doesn't drink, he's not so fun. <laughs> That's funny. Going back to the topic sales and marketing. Um so we used a bunch of uh, a few appointment setting companies and at the end of the day, uh they were expensive uh but we, you know, and we were focusing on managed services sales specifically, nothing else. We weren't trying to sell hardware or get in on, on any other deals. We were trying to get in just for managed services. And for every campaign, which were basically a one-year campaign, we would we would close maybe three to four accounts for the year. But that's still not bad. I mean, you're talking about some of those accounts were a few thousand dollars a month. Uh, one of them was uh, was about $8,000 a month. So, it, you know, it, 
it, it's a long process and you kind of have to weigh it out. Um, and, and, and there's a lot of follow through. It's just not the appointment setting. And you also have to have your sales and marketing processes in place. Um, because once that lead comes in, you have to have the, the mechanism to follow up that lead and making sure that you, you're, you continue to talk to that person or reach out to that person. Cause sometimes they, they'll set the appointment and later on they're, they reschedule or things like that. So you have to be able to, you know, follow that process to, to, and, and have the systems in place to follow those processes. Uh, in our case, we use ConnectWise. So the, the ConnectWise sales funnels was, was really helpful for that and, and things of that nature. But, um, cause I, I know I've, I've heard from, from people in the, in the, in the other IT providers that are like, oh, well, you know, I, I used uh, this and I got a lead, but it didn't work out, but they didn't have, the processes in place. And I think that obviously it could work for another podcast, but I think that uh, it's important to know that it's not, it's just not accepting the lead from a vendor. It's also following up on that lead and making sure that it just doesn't die out somewhere. I actually have a good story. If, if we have a couple of minutes, we had a sales guy that started here um, working for us on the MSP side a few years back. The guy didn't last long, but one of the things he did, he walked through the building, trying to make the, the story pretty quick and, and short. He walked through the building. He he met uh, some of the people in the building. Uh, after he was gone, someone reached out and left a voicemail on his, on his uh, voicemail desk phone. And we didn't respond until maybe about a month later when we realized that that voicemail is there, part of not having the process in place. Luckily, the customer had not made a decision and we were able to come in and talk and we we were able to land a pretty pretty uh, big account from it. Um, and from that, that management team that was working there has now moved on to other businesses and have brought us in for that as well. So that one phone call, if we had not responded to it because we thought it was too late or time had passed, um, we had we would have probably lost out on, on, I would say, easily over half a million dollars worth of business. So always always follow through on, on, on those leads because you never know what's on the other end. And if, it's, if it turns out to be a bigger account, kind of like what Joe's saying on, on this one hardware sales that's going to turn into some big business. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes you got to find that needle in the haystack and it, and it takes patience. It takes time. It takes effort. The most important thing, though, is this. The number one piece of advice that I can give my fellow MSPs is you need to work leads. However you decide to market yourself, be it via social marketing, via direct callouts, email campaigns, via whatever the case may be, you really need to follow and up and work every single lead. You know, the, the one habit I have is when I get off the phone with a customer, I set a reminder for myself uh, for three days later, which is depending on the, the temperature of the opportunity. If it's a hot opportunity, I actually call that customer every day. If it's a longer term opportunity, I may wait two, three days. It's typically three days. I'll set a reminder for myself and I just call the guy back or the girl back and for no reason. Sounds such like such a waste of time. The customers want to know that they're important to you and that they're front of mind and top of mind. So even if you're just calling saying, hey, how are you doing? I was just wondering, you know, everything good? You know, how was your weekend? Chit chat. People buy from people they like. That that golden rule will never, ever, ever change. So you got to make these people like you. You got to be a chameleon a little bit and not fake because people can see through that, but you just got to make yourself likable to these people. And yeah, it takes effort and yeah, it takes time. But the fruits of that 
will far exceed the effort. Yeah, that's 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 the the gold at the end of the tunnel, right? Or, or whatever you want to call it. But you got to build that relationship because at the end of the day, people buy from from people they have relationships with. So uh, I, I agree with making that those extra phone calls, uh, you know, and and becoming likable to that to that person or that company. Craig, anything you um, you want to throw in there before we uh, finish this up? Always be kind. Always be likable. And always follow up. Thank you for paraphrasing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Craig, you need you need some whiskey, buddy. You really you should have ordered room service. <laughs> Eight bucks a shot. It doesn't matter for our next podcast. If you're in a hotel room, please have four. Five, on me, my tab. Send me the bill. I'll pay for it. But I like I like happy Craig, not sober Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, thank you for listening. Um, again, always follow us, uh, like, subscribe, uh, review, comment. Uh, I know that we, we are getting some comments on iTunes and uh, some of the other places. So please uh, do that. That'll help us in the, on the ranking as well, which gets us uh, more visibility and other people can uh, join this, uh, let's call it a movement. Again, thanks all. And uh, see you soon. See you guys. That's all for this episode of IT for Whiskey, a podcast by MSPs to help MSPs. Don't forget to spread the word, like, and subscribe at it4whiskey.com. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, guys. It's Wiki Wiki. <laughs> My bottle doesn't squeak anymore. I am the destroyer. You could have stopped recording a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs>